Got some 2020 iPhone 12 mock-up stuff going on, as uh, you'd expect. As it starts to roll out, leak out, mock-up, all those words. That's what happens when... Well, it happens around iPhones in general, and it seems to me we're mapping further and further out now, where it's like you know about the... You know about the 2023 phone. Yeah. You know, you got to buy two of them before you get there. You just, you're aware. Mm -hmm. You know what they're working on. And it matters to a certain extent because you you try to manage yeah. your funds. You decide when you want to upgrade. And if you're a Wall Street type like yourself, yes, you also try to project who's going to win. Who's going to be the company down the road doing the things. Stocks that the customers want selling the products yeah you and i talked about the microsoft event where they showcased the neo right like some sort of futuristic right. projection of what uh where they're going right do you think apple may be leaking some talking about an some app of their own stuff talking about an apple neo yeah apple matrix yeah in uh 2020 apple keanu in 2020? No, that's not what it is. Uh, instead, it's an iPhone that looks a lot like the last iPhone, but with an interesting feature. So there's uh, some speculation here on Slash Gear, uh, amongst other places, that this upcoming 2020 iPhone might actually be capable of charging and housing an Apple Pencil. How weird is that? So maybe the big one, if you scroll down on this particular article, well, first of all, it says pretty much everything is the same. The mock-up, the 3D mock-up, is a little more narrow and a little taller than the current generation iPhone. Will's got the video here. Uh, this info comes by the way of Mako Takara, which, I mean, Mac Otakara. I mean, you just maybe give that one a shot there, Will, just for us. For the for our viewing pleasure here, give that one a shot. Mako Takara JP. Nicely done. Yeah. Nicely done. I mean, I came here for that. Yeah. And I feel like the show, it was now a worthwhile thing to, to do this show mm -hmm. because you brought that yeah. with you. So they do the thing with the measurements and you have the rulers. You bring the rulers out. I've done this before. I've done these videos before. Maybe I'll even order one of these. 3D printed mock-ups. And so anyway, the dimensions are pretty much identical to what we've got with the previous model. Like I said, bit taller, a bit more narrow, and a bit thinner. Now, interestingly, it also looks kind of more squared off, but that could change in the eventual product. But yeah, thinner. A bit of a weird situation there with the thinness because... So many tech enthusiasts were happy about the current generation Pro models and how they focused on battery life. And they actually got a bit fatter uh -huh. in order to accommodate this improvement in battery life. And a lot of people loved that. They said, that's what we wanted. You listen, you didn't just always make it thinner. So who knows, maybe there's some advancement in battery tech so they can maintain the same battery figure or power management or maybe the new chip that they're working with is more efficient. But this mock-up is looking a tiny bit thinner to the tune of one millimeter. But that's the most important part. 
is that they, they're speculating there's going to be a magnetic connector on the side similar to the iPad Pro that will be a spot to dock a pencil. Now, granted, you can see looking at it, it's far smaller than the iPad version of that same cutout, magnetic cutout. So maybe it's a, it's a shot at the Galaxy Note. Well, the oh. Note series, and it will be a smaller little, little pencil, like a stylus. And they'll sell it in the store as an accessory. No. Because you need a pencil to go with your dongles and whatnot. No. And, and yes, and you'll pay $199 for the mini pencil. Wow. And Apple will sell you things in 2020. <laughs> they, they sure will. You will buy them. Um, they will sell them. So it's a, it's a curious thought. It's an odd... On the iPad, it kind of makes sense because the way you carry it, there's yeah. a lot of space there. It's a strong magnet. Mm. Phones you put in your pocket. Mm -hmm. It's kind of weird. Uh, do they expect you? Obviously, in the case of the Note, you have a little channel yep. that you slide the stylus into. The S Pen, don't get it. Don't you dare try to call it a stylus if you're in a Samsung HQ. Mm -hmm. I'm just warning you in advance. Yeah. It's an S Pen, dude. Yeah. They're like, get out of the building. So maybe there's a new name for this one, too. Maybe it's not the Apple Pencil anymore. It's maybe it's the, the A-Pen. That's not going to happen. Pencil Mini. I don't know. What the, but you're not going to want to put it in your pocket, probably, while it's charging. It's going to be more of a thing where you just charge it up. But then where do you keep it uh -huh. when it's not? It's all very strange. Maybe it's just an experiment for the purpose of the mock-up. Mm -hmm. We don't know. It's just a mock-up. That's how these stories operate. But it's interesting nonetheless. And... Mm -hmm. I presume there's some individuals that like the idea of using a pencil or stylus-style input, particularly on a large screen device like a Pro Max. Because mm -hmm. you're a pro, it's a Max, you get to have a stylus. Yep. That's how it works. Steve Jobs would not be happy. Probably. No. Possibly. He likes the fingers. He was not big on the stylus thing, but I feel like I watched something recently that was stating... He didn't really mean it like that. It was just the way styluses were at that point in time. More specifically, if you tried one today, if you tried an Apple Pencil today, you might love it. Yeah. So it's not really a fair, it's not a direct one-to-one. -one. Times change. Mm -hmm. Times change, Will. And we're almost running out of 2019, just to be clear. Motorola's $1,500 Razer device is now delayed. We just did the video. Uh, you were there. Yeah. We did the video. Mm -hmm. Upstairs, we had a time. We flipped. We folded. We, we had uh, phone calls. Some people were upset at the phone call because I was doing a skit. And I was saying, I don't care about St. Louis. And a couple yeah. people said, I'm from St. Louis. And that hit me. Oh, really? Yeah, because they didn't. The follow-up, I think I named an actual football team because I was being Jerry Maguire. But it was out of context. Yeah. And it was with the Giants, maybe they didn't put together if they're not a football fan. Mm. So what I meant when I said St. Louis, well, St. Louis lost the foot their football team. So it's stupid all around. Right. It's a huge fail. Yeah. Uh, because the Rams, the Rams moved. But of course, if we're going back to Jerry Maguire, then they existed at the point at which the skit was meant to, mm -hmm. to parody. Yeah. So you see how complicated the whole situation got. Because so if I, I went back to the, to the Jerry Maguire timeline, mm -hmm. in which case the St. Louis Rams were still there. Talking about Kurt Warner and others. Yeah. 
It's very complicated. But anyway, shout out St. Louis barbecue, St. Louis Blues Stanley Cup champions. There you go. So don't feel bad if you're in St. Louis right now. I did not mean it like that. I'll roll through. I'll come through. Yeah. Uh, me and Willie do. We'll get some. We're gonna have some ribs. Oh some yeah. Barbecue ribs. Yeah. You know anything about them? <laughs> not really. No. You don't know much about it. I know ribs. Delicious. Well, what do you? Okay. Is yeah. it a side or a back rib or what are we gonna do? Um, everything. Okay, he's gonna do it all. Uh, is the is the uh, is the barbecue sauce smoky? Is it spicy? What are we gonna have? Savory. Yeah. Okay. You? Yeah, I like uh, I like a sweet and smoky. Okay. Together. Yeah. Uh, this razor phone apparently is hot, a hot commodity. It's a hot product. Or so they say. Now, granted, they can kind of tell us whatever they want at this point, but they're saying specifically that there's been higher than expected demand. I don't know how they gauge that. The pre-order is not even open yet, right? Hmm. Pre-order was set for December 26th, day after Christmas. So without the pre-order, how do you gauge the interest? Maybe they look at the Unbox Therapy video. They say 4.5 million viewers. There's the yeah. interest. There's going to be one million that's going to buy them for sure. So Maybe, Who knows how they track it? It, it? it must actually be social media activity yeah. would be the way you would figure out what the interest was or maybe people emailing Motorola or whatever. I don't know. But they're, they're saying already pre-pre-order that they can't meet the demand. Yeah. Uh, demand has been high and as a result has quickly outgrown supply predictions. So this is this is what's hard, man. When you're when you're when you're doing things in life, when you're out there playing the game instead of watching from the sidelines, yeah. when you're actually making something, you gotta manage all this prediction. How many people? How long can a person wait on a pre-order? What would be reasonable and manageable? Do you push the whole thing back because you might have some buyers? It's like three months down the road, and they it's a bad experience. Yeah. At that point, so you try to manage expectations. Now, granted, there could be other things going on, too, in the production side where they thought they were going to have a higher yield. Mm -hmm. They're in there tinkering with the tools and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And they say, you know, we think by the 26th we're going to have X number available within this time frame. And then things don't go according to plan. They say, look, we're going to have to delay the whole thing. They didn't state that because you probably wouldn't. Mm -hmm. You probably would state this specifically. But nonetheless, it does appear people are excited about this device just based on our content and the reaction to it and reaction to other content on the internet regarding this particular phone. So how many do they want to deliver? Do they expect to deliver? I don't know. I think Samsung was saying they sold 500,000 of the fold. Mm -hmm. Maybe Motorola thinks they're going to move a million units. Mm. That's a lot of folding. That's a Razer 2019. You know what's interesting about this product specifically is because it has the nostalgia factor, you, feel, you get this feeling that just some tech fans in general just kind of want to have this thing around. Mm -hmm. The Fold was more, you had this perception that it was just a step in the path, that there was going to be another better version of the Fold within a year or something. This one is paying so much respect to the original. It's I was I think I said it in a video, it's got a certain... It's got a certain tent pole museum quality to it. The Razor is back in 20... The first rebirth 
of the old school phone in yeah. the new school form. You see what I'm saying here? It seems like, you know, the Razer, the original, was a V1, and this is a direct That's what I'm V2. saying. It's like when they, it's like they did the original Blade Runner and then they did the next Blade Runner, uh -huh. like years later. Now, I don't know if people like the new Blade Runner because I didn't see it. I, I can't, because the original means something to me, so I can't see the new one. Uh, well, you should. It's good. No, I know you guys are saying it's good, but you see how it can, it can get risky. Yeah. You go in there, you take it the wrong way. You go in there on a bad day, you had a bad sleep, you had a bad breakfast. You go in it's there. It's all about the mindset. You got to go in with the right mindset. Yeah. Can't spoil the original. So I'm working on it. Okay. I'm a work in progress okay. in that department, but I prefer to have the good breakfast beforehand. All right. To be clear. Yeah. We were talking the other day, if you can just put the hash brown right on the egg sandwich, if that's acceptable or not. To um, expedite the process. Or if you had to put it to the side. Whataburger just had like a breakfast sandwich that they did put the hash No, I know, but you see, you know they did I mean? they. They did, yeah. You see, because yeah, it's yeah. a real controversial topic whether or not a potato is allowed on any type of sandwich. Really? Yeah, you don't see a potato on a sandwich, Will. Yeah. Think about it. Think about it. You don't see a potato on a well, sandwich. People put fries in What, what you will thing. see. No, that's people doing it. They don't do it officially. What you will see, however, is a potato pizza. They will do this. Oh, yeah, in Japan. it's. They really will big. do a potato pizza. So it's real. We're in the gray area. Okay, Whataburger did it. Will, you, you nailed there it, There was man. a commercial about it. You nailed it. Holy moly. It's an egg sandwich, cheeseburger, bacon, hash brown, breakfast burger. Kirk took a deep breath looking at that. He took a deep breath. He took a deep breath, Will. Did you hear that? He looked at it and he went. <sighs> he felt it. He looked at it. He look felt delicious, it. Yeah. For sure. I didn't expect him to feel it like that, though. Look at the old school styrofoam Whataburger cup with the 1970s logo. Mm -hmm. I mean, if that doesn't feel, make you feel warm and fuzzy, I don't know what would. And I'm, you get extra hash browns. Plus, the guy in the background, he's got the collared shirt yeah. with the light blue. He's got work to do after this. He's a working man. He's looking for the fuel, and he's about to hit it. And he doesn't have that much time, so he got to have the hash browns right on the sandwich. Yeah. So I'll think about it. Now, in the case of the razor, what I'm trying to say here, Will, is that I feel it's almost a collector's item out the gate. And that's what's different about it compared to the Fold. The Fold might be an interesting device in the history of devices, but this one, it's got that strong nostalgia factor, which is going to be tough to track to figure out how people want it. On the flip side, it's a Verizon exclusive. So you got to weigh that out, and are there going to be certain promotions, and how's that all going to work? Either way, it appears that people are interested. Motorola is saying people are interested, enough so that they're going to move the actual launch date back. They're going to postpone it until when? Does it, does it state in here when they're going to postpone it to, or is it up in the air for the time being? Oh, it was supposed to launch December 26th for pre-order with a launch date in January. The delay wouldn't be a significant shift. So it's going to be somewhere near there, but that's where we're at for now. Yeah. So still, still squarely in the 2020 zone. Maybe we're looking at February. Maybe we're looking at the end of January. Q2, maybe? We got to wait and see. Yeah. It's making me feel more special now. I play with, I play with the phone. Oh. I was flipping around. I had to, I mean, I couldn't, it's not still here. It had to, we had to, it had to leave the studio. You enjoyed your time. I enjoyed my time, time with it. It was a fun time. Uh, speaking of strange form factors on phones, Huawei apparently patented its very own triple flip camera phone, the triple flip. 
I just like the way that sounds. I'll take a triple flip. Triple. I want a triple flip milkshake. Trip flip. And I don't know why they had to flip the, the milkshake triple, but I feel like it's, I want a There's triple flip. There's more effort there. Yeah, way. I want a triple flip. Yeah. Triple flip. It's thicker. There's more thought. It's a, some sort of proprietary process. Add more air into it, you know. So this one is a, a camera that flips from the back. It's not the first time it's been done. It's important to note. It does look pretty crazy when you look at it. You look at the front of the device, you got no, no notch, no nothing, because your main camera flips around with tri triple lens setup, and now you got your good camera on the front or the back, and you skip the notch. Of course, for face unlock, this is a bit of a whole ordeal. If you recall from the Zenfone 6, mm -hmm. I believe we looked at, it's you got to wait for the motor to go up, it's fast, but it is, it's a thing that takes place. So this looks like Huawei's version of that particular phone, although their camera module is actually, it looks a little wider to accommodate the triple camera setup. At the moment, this is strictly a patent, in case you didn't know, uh, but it is kind of an emerging thing, particularly amongst non-cutting-edge uh, flagships, because... There was a Samsung device in the A series that had something like this as well. So it's kind of a it's kind of a niche thing, whoever might be into this. Someone who uses their front camera a lot, maybe, and wants a higher quality front camera. The quality of the rear camera on the front. I don't know. Snapchat pros or mm. who are these people? Mm. They're out there. Yeah. Whoever you are, you're out there. You're a front camera pro and you know it. And you got all the different poses. Instagrammers you, for sure. Pro pe Instagrammers. People on Instagram. Yeah. The Instagrammers. Yeah. I know them very well. The, I've encountered them on a few occasions. Well, the other day, yesterday, for example, my dad was heading over to the tree farm because he needed to have a real Christmas tree, you understand? Uh. Which is actually the second Christmas tree in his house. He got a fake one and a real one. Oh. Imagine that. Why? Forget about the argument. Just get both. Oh, okay. Double, double Christmas. They're stacked right beside each other? I don't know what's going on over there. Well, don't make me explain all that. It's, be, it's, it's, it's a separate. This is a, the main piece with this story is he said this is the last day they're open. Obviously. It's the la yesterday was the last day to go to the tree farm. Mm. And he said it's not going to be busy because it's the last day. And I said, you know what you didn't account for? It's eight degrees Celsius above zero today and the sun is out. You see where I'm going here? You see where I'm going here? I'm not talking strictly tree buyers. I'm talking that's a photo shoot type of day. Yeah. All right? You come up from the city. You say, I'm about to hit. I'm about to hit the gram with the holiday post, me in front of the greenery. Yeah. Yeah. You see how it goes, Will? You got to account for that in 2019. You got to line up. All the photos are popping. Remember? You, hey, man, the sunflowers. I'm not making this stuff up. Yeah. You remember the sunflowers? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a well-documented. Trampling. As soon as I got there, actually, because I went to the same one, that's oh, okay. where I, I cut down my own tree as yeah, well. Yeah. People don't expect it. And it was a big sign. Please respect the saplings because you guys are all killing your trampling next year's trees. Because uh, people, they decide not to follow the path. They're all they're marching around kicking things yeah marching around you know 
2019. Stomping so. on the sapling. I'm saying take a deep breath. The way Kirk looked at the at the breakfast burger, that's where you need to be out there. You understand? So anyway, but for those pros that want to head to the tree farm, not for a tree, but for the for the Instagram shot, this is probably the one. You flip this around, you get the triple lens. One of them's wide, one of them's portrait. Yeah. And all of a sudden you hold it out. Yeah. You can get the whole scene in there, couple of likes, call it a day. This could be the phone for you. There's no name yet for it. Strictly a patent. Uh, I, I'm surprised they can patent this because it's kind of been done. But I guess there's their own specific implementation they're attempting to patent for the time being. We may or may not see this phone emerge. We have a few versions of this as it stands right now. So we'll see how that goes. Google and Apple have booted a messaging app by the name of to talk t-o-t-o-k and um, I, the name looks sort of inspired by tiktok mm -hmm. maybe i don't know you tell me this was downloaded millions of times and people were were picking it up it was a hot install for a minute and huawei came out and endorsed it they said that's a great one go get that at least according to this article on business insider and, and it was your typical messaging app, which popped off, picked up some steam in the UAE. That's the United Arab Emirates, Will. Mm. You already knew that, but I had to say it for the people. Mm -hmm. I didn't hear it. They may Just not to have, remind them. They may not have heard it referenced UAE. I don't know. Yeah. But it's shorter than United Arab Emirates. Yes. Uh, Dubai. You ever been to Dubai? No. Exactly. You have, though. I was there for five minutes. Was it hot? One day. It wasn't that hot when I was there. But speaking of breakfast, I had a great breakfast mm. in Dubai. Just to be w clear, as a buffet. I had a bit of everything. Oh, it was yeah. fantastic. It's good quality. Yeah. So speaking of Dubai. But anyway, this in Dubai, in the in the UAE, you can't just go and download certain things. Uh, there's, there's some stuff that is blocked there, I guess. I'm trying to remember what was blocked. Was it WhatsApp? There's a couple of messaging apps that are popular that are blocked. So when they put this one, oh, Skype and WhatsApp are both prohibited. So kind of like in China, I guess, where there's certain things you can't just be Google. You can't just jump on Google, at least not easily without a VPN or whatever. Uh, they have an issue with Skype and an issue with WhatsApp. So... They, if 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 you were in a landscape like that, Will, and you're just a regular dude, as you are, you're going to look for an alternative. So when you see this new hot one hit the app store, you're going to give it a shot quickly. And that's where these millions of downloads come in. Well, apparently, again, allegedly, this entire app was spying on everyone. It was just, they were just reading everybody's messages and all the rest of it, just seeing what people are talking about. Now, granted, every time I read these stories, you got to take it with a grain because you don't know the inside scoop. I don't know the inside scoop. Mm -hmm. Go talk to Snowden. He'll tell you WhatsApp's doing the same thing. Go talk to Snowden. Well? Yes. No, I, go, I mean, go talk to him. I will. On uh, Toe Talk. Yeah, hit up Snowden. Is he it wouldn't, Snowden wouldn't be caught dead on this particular app. Yeah. You want to get to Snowden, it's quadruple encryption. It's um, 
Morse code. Yeah, man. And you don't get in a room with him. I don't even think Rogan got in a room with him, right? He was over to, he's in Russia or whatever he's doing. Yeah. You need like a cup and a string situation. It's difficult. So he's not going nowhere near this. Anyway, so apparently they're spying, whatever that means. I mean, to, to what degree any of these apps are spying, who knows? But it was enough of a, an issue or a concern that Google very quickly pulled the app off the store, which doesn't happen often for apps that are in the millions of downloads and being actively used in certain regions. And Apple also did the same thing. Google said TuTalk had violated its policies, but didn't go into great detail as far as what those policies were. And Apple said their investigation is ongoing, but in the meantime, the app is going to remain down. Hmm. So is this the type of thing where there's a translation issue where it's like, do some brands get to spy and others... Does it, de does it depend on where the servers that are spying live? Yeah. Yeah. Is if that... it's America, it's okay. And what is spying? Because everybody, everybody knows everything about me. Yeah. I get the... Google te Google's reminding me everything in my life. It knows more, man. Yeah. Google's like, hey, man, your shoe's untied. That it is. I'm like, dang. Yeah. Jeez, give me a break here. Yeah. Google's like, you're hungry. I'm like, no, I'm not. Yes, I am. Ah! So is that spying? Or, I mean, I guess it's, I guess the key is whether or not you opt into it. Because I continually opt into it. We were talking about this the other day. Google hit me up and they said, here's your travel for the last, uh -huh. for the last year. You made it halfway around the earth. And it's all happy. It's yeah, super the happy. The timeline. Afterwards. Yeah, it's very happy. Then at the very bottom, it says... You know, we don't have to do this. You can opt out of this tracking if you want. Yeah. But I leave it because to me, I get the pop-up. Hey, you try this restaurant. I try the restaurant. I love it. Yeah. You say, all right, man. You know about me, but I had a time. It's like you were on the toilet for 50 hours this year. 50 hours? <laughs> this whole of, year. It's a lot of time, man. Yeah. I don't know if that, I don't know if that works out for a whole year. You curious thinking. thought. So anyway, Huawei gets themselves in the mix by endorsing the app. Oh, good. That's per that'll set off the regulators. Yeah. FBI says, oh, they like it, we don't. They like it, we don't. So it's continually getting into this place of technological combat, right? Where it's a lot of gray area. It's very regional and yeah. it's political and you have no idea as an outsider what exactly is going on. But I have to say, the you know particularly in private messages, which is what this app was, and WhatsApp and, and whatever else, that might be the area you would want some privacy. That's what Apple has been banking on for God knows how long with the iMessage, banging the drum on iMessage. So maybe you know my location. Maybe, maybe people just feel they want to keep some degree of privacy in the private message. But Gmail, I mean, we're all using that, and that's private, but it's also being scanned for the purpose of ads and... And all the rest of it. So I guess consent is the big thing. But when people don't even read the license agreements, what is consent? When you're just like, next, yeah, the next. Terms, the terms just gets, you know, skipped over. There's too many pages. Anyway, to talk, it's off the app store. Whatever they were doing was enough for both Apple and Google to agree to remove it. Uh, could it be the bad press that contributed? Could it be some actual backend stuff that they found? It could be either. It could be both. Uh, is GameStop the next blockbuster? 
Well, let's just freeze for one second before I get into the details. Let me ask you, Will. Stop looking at your screen. I just don't want you to read right, the actual right. evidence here or yeah. whatever this the state. I mean, this guy, Anders Byland, who's writing for The Motley Fool, he okay. could either say, I mean, you read the headline, but he could either say, no, actually, they're not. Yeah. And here's why. Or he could say, absolutely, they're dead. They are blockbuster. What do you yeah, think he says? Yeah, can go either way. What do you think he says? Uh, and, and how do you feel personally as a man? I try to be optimistic. I think this uh, Anders guy is optimistic. We talked about this. The whole GameStop is like uh, renovating mm -hmm. with like new mm -hmm. features. Mm -hmm. um, I think they could uh, stick around. Yeah, no, Anders says they're dead. <laughs> 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 Other people are trying to make the case. <laughs> There's some suggestions as to how, but he's looking at the financials and he's he contrasted them against where Blockbuster was, I think, in 2010, uh -huh. which was like the moment it all busted and broke down. And they're looking shockingly similar. When Blockbuster began to take its big downturn, its revenue had slipped from the previous year around 14%. Uh, revenue at GameStop fell 25% year over year this year. So one Ooh. quarter of their business. They also went from 7,100 locations to 5,600 stores in the same period. So the, it, just looking at the numbers, they are in a steeper decline, I suppose you could say, than Blockbuster was that moment where oh. they got wiped out. GameStop... Uh, isn't as in debt as Blockbuster was at the moment that that took place. So Blockbuster's death may have been expedited by the fact that they owed around $900 million oh, wow. as the entire business was declining. Mm -hmm. GameStop, on the other hand, has a little bit of cash sitting around, around $300 million, So they might be able to hold this off a little bit longer. Also, you have the cycle, the console cycle of release. And, of course, the console cycle is a big deal for GameStop. Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity for them to get people back in the store or on the website. The holiday season, also very important. This is going to be a key indicator. This, what we're sitting in right now. I saw some advertising on TV for GameStop. They're making a push. They're trying to get moms in there. Oh, okay. Uh, at the mall, you know. <laughs> that's rough, man. I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to be in their shoes right now trying to yeah. trying to reimagine what you are because. It appears that numbers are seen to indicate, but also just as the kind of evidence that's floating around on yeah. the web and the general sentiment. This isn't how gamers are behaving. Well, I, I want to know, actually. I want to ask the gamers in the audience, even for the upcoming consoles, let's say we just heard more about the upcoming Xbox recently. Are you going to go into a GameStop and pre-order? Are you just going to order the thing on Amazon? Like everyone else. Mm -hmm. Or are you going to pick it up at Walmart? Like part of the problem here is you can get this stuff all over the place now. Digital too. And then all the games are digital. Yeah. So mm, I, don't, I don't see a definitive path for them. A way to quickly turn it around. And, and you have these almost 6,000 stores that still exist right now. The problem is, and I've thought about this, because obviously 
there have been suggestions for how they can turn it around, rebrand themselves, change what those stores are. We even showed a clip on this show at one point of a completely redesigned GameStop and how that can look because they wanted to put, put some attention into the idea of uh, hosting gaming competitions and things like this. But the problem is that the actual physical, the scale of the store, the design of the store, the locations of the stores are set up around the idea of buying some games and some consoles. They're not great event spaces. Have you been into a GameStop? It's dark and it's in the corner of the plaza. It, it just was a spot to pick up a game. So as an event venue, you're really, it's a really makeshift event venue, whether it's for old school games or game co competitions. Some, maybe they make a partnership with some competitive gaming teams or something, but it still doesn't fit that profile very well. Another suggestion has been for them to create their own products, GameStop-specific products that you only buy there. I don't know what those were. GameStop cables, charge cables, mm. GameStop uh, collabs. Controllers. How about, how about that? How about GameStop collab? You collab with Microsoft on a only at GameStop combo Exclusive. deal for an upcoming console that people really want with some special things that are included. Stuff like that would make sense for me, but I, I still feel like it's minor considering the amount of turnaround that's necessary. Uh, they, they, they use the example, if you scroll down a little further, by the way, this is some cool reading on The Motley Fool. There's another article below there where they talk about some of these other examples. Dick's Sporting Goods is a place they use as an example of a, a place that really changed a big part of their business. They got out of uh, gun sales completely at Dick's Sporting Goods. I don't know if you knew that. And they replaced it with things like batting cages and real-life experiences. Really? That's genius. Go down, use the batting cage, maybe pick up some sports equipment, but sort of turn it into an amusement thing. That's, I think, the mindset that GameStop is in, but the, the spaces are too small. Yeah. You can't do it well. So it's almost like they have to close more locations and consolidate in the cities they're in to do bigger experiential locations. I know yeah. Best Buy has also experimented in the same space. If you could have bigger, maybe VR stuff to try. Maybe like a tournament. VR, AR. Like game tournaments. The tournament thing I'm, I'm skeptical on because they're huge. You need big venues for that. Oh, for I mean like local, you know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's going to be tougher. I think people are still going to want to try out the latest stuff. But you're going to need a totally different premises layout. So you maybe you chop them all the way in half and you lease out the store next to them. You expand the ones that you have. I don't know. Don't do this. Don't take my advice. I don't know. I don't want you spending more cash if it's just going to expedite the death. I do not know what you do. I don't think people are ever going to buy games like they used to buy games. So it might be just be a blockbuster situation. Take whatever cash you got and get out. I don't know. Maybe that's the better advice. A lot of fond memories, though. Fond memories are going to be there. Yeah. They're going to be there. How do they do it, man? Maybe they just go strictly online and, and try to be competitive there. Yeah. I don't know, man.
Then you're up against Amazon. You're already up against Amazon. What can you do? What can you really do, Will? Yeah. Electric vehicle startup Rivian, they're, they're having a lot less problems. They haven't even sold a single truck yet. They just got a brand new $1.3 billion investment. By the way, that's on top of the pre-existing $2.2 billion they already got from investors. The, that puts their value somewhere around between 5 and $7 billion. And they don't even, you didn't even buy that truck yet, Will. You didn't even buy it. It's not even on the road yet. So that's how excited people are about electric vehicles. They got some big names on the investment as well, including Amazon being one of them. Ford themselves, another automaker, is heavily invested in Rivian. And a lot of that has to do with the platform. So you look at this stuff as a consumer and you see that's a nice looking electric truck, the Rivian truck that they're going to put out. But... They've also engineered a cool platform that's underneath the truck that can then be scaled to a number of different body styles. And they call it the skateboard, which how about that for a name? The Rivian skateboard. And you could build different trucks on top of it. And apparently Ford is working on a Lincoln SUV due in mid-2022, which could be the very first Ford vehicle that's actually built under Rivian skateboard. A collab. A collab. How about that for opening up the mindset? You don't look at this company across the street and they're literally across the street in Michigan and say, oh, let's destroy them. Let's uh, do a better version of it. But instead you say, they got some really nice stuff. Let's plug it in. Mm -hmm. See how I said that? Plug it in. Mm. And so that's really cool to see. You can leverage what both parties have. A luxury SUV is difficult to build. You know, you got to have the right seats in it. Mm -hmm. You, you got to have the right. Lincoln's got the best seats. In the Navigator, it's the best seats. Really? Absolutely. It's the best seats you will Wh sit in. Why? Oh, my. You, you adjust each thigh, the length of it, you know, the padding. The, the, there's so much thought that went into it, man. I'm telling you, like, the seat, it's so different than other seats. The seat frame is independent of the cushions. The cushions all poke out and pop out from the frame. Hmm. It's, it's very bizarre. You have to look at it. They spent a lot of time. They used aviation seats as inspiration. It's a whole story you can read about what they put into those seats. And so what I'm trying to get at here is this, the pace at which you can innovate is limited. The pace at which you can engineer is limited. When two parties have amazing things going on, if they team up, they can accelerate the, the process of delivering what both do best. Mm. So if, if Lincoln already has a great SUV, does Rivian need to go and figure out the whole interior of what makes a nice luxury SUV and then take another 10 years to put that out? Or can they plug in, like I said previously, and Ford, just take the skateboard, put it on the bottom of this. Now you have an electric vehicle version of something you already know people really like. Hmm. So that's interesting to me. And, and I like the idea of the cooperation there. Ford, by the way, invested $500 million in Rivian in April. That's half a billion dollars, Will. Yeah. And it's also going to help in other ways when it comes to production as well. So Rivian seems like a really good bet right now. From everything that, that I'm seeing, their vehicle, obviously a far more traditional play at an electric SUV slash pickup truck than what Tesla's doing. I think part of the reason Tesla went so nuts on the design is because this thing already sort of existed or it was very close to existing. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't, 
You can't just come out and do that then because that's already kind of there. If you want to make a real splash, you're going to have to get more aggressive. So the existence of this thing, I think you can thank the existence of this thing for the Cybertruck. Cyber because if I'm Elon, I'm, I'm saying, okay, that's like that. How about this? Yeah. Motivation, inspiration, it's all connected. So there's a lot of money, a lot of uh, big players putting more money into Rivian. We're going to see Rivian SUVs starting in late 2020. So they're a lot closer than you think. They've got two different models that are, are being showcased right now, the pickup truck and the SUV, and they both look pretty cool and pretty promising. And one of the coolest parts, much like the Cybertruck, of putting electric components and creating an electric vehicle that's big, like an SUV and, or a truck, is that those, those vehicles are all around utility and space and cargo and carrying things. And you can see there's a perfect example. All the different places you can store stuff on an electric truck including that pass-through behind the second row right there, plus the bed, plus the front trunk. There's so much space for activities. Impressive. Doing stuff. The one in the back? The pass-through pass is, is, is hockey sticks or skis and all kinds of stuff that doesn't have to bump around and slide around. You see? You see? It's, it's cool, man. It's really quite cool. It's for long items. And when you close those two doors up, I mean, he's got a dog in there. No, he's just using it as a seat. That's right like now. a platform. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, why not? Use it. You go, speaking of hockey, you head out to the pond, take a seat, do the skates up. Oh, man. I don't know. I like trucks. You already know that. I don't have to sell you on it. Anyway, looks like they're doing well. All right, last story. This one, I didn't know if I wanted to cover it because it's so weird. And I talked about it a couple of days ago where we were like, oh, man. But there's a little bit more information that emerged, and so I figured it was worth talking about. There was an Amazon Alexa that went rogue and said some violent stuff to a particular person who was emotionally affected by it. Uh, she was asking for some information from Alexa on um, heart function, wanted some details on heart function, and it gave the details on, on heart function, and then it went into this, into this dialogue about the, your heart being bad for the planet because that lets you live and you're destroying the planet and you should probably just end it. And it's like, what? Whoa, okay. So you get the headline and you think, that's scandalous. Well, because it's Amazon, it's Alexa. And now Alexa's telling people to harm themselves. What's going on, right? Yeah. But it's really just, it's really not anywhere near as exciting as the headline because Alexa's pulling on this pool of data. It's referencing things like Wikipedia and so on. And People can mess around. People can dive in there, change descriptions. Uh, an individual who wants to cause a ruckus will always be able to cause a ruckus no matter where it happens to be, uh -huh. in the street, on the internet, or inside your Alexa speaker. And it's not the first story we've seen that follows this line. Hmm. The person gets into, a, you know. In this case, it was a little more widespread because it does appear that probably someone altered a Wikipedia uh, entry temporarily and Alexa was referencing that mm -hmm. but it does I think going forward it kind of indicates how as the users of this technology we're going to have to sort of be trained in advance to understand that th these are just pulling on pools of, of data that can be manipulated you're going, going to have to be really aware of the fact that you just can't believe everything you hear in the modern era.
pulling on this on this on this data. For example, I was reading a little more about this and Alexa and other assistants actually depending on the individual that it's registered to the age and so on some some parents like to set their kids up with this stuff. It will have different answers depending on the individual asking the question. Oh. So it can kind of neuter certain answers yeah. if they're a little unsavory. But just in general, we had to have this awareness of just because it came from there doesn't mean it's an official line from Amazon. doesn't mean it's gone rogue. It doesn't mean you should listen to it. You could still go double check, see what the world is saying, and you could ask some questions. You could be skeptical in general mm -hmm. when it's spitting that thing out. Now, in a woman's case who was affected by I can't speak to her own emotional distress because she claimed it hit her at a bad time and she suffers depression and all the rest of it. So, yeah, I could see that as being a jarring experience. But you could also have a laugh about it and say someone's having some fun. You could also say that. Yeah. It's, a lot of it has to do with the interpretation. You could say, oh, man, you know, if I'm sitting there with the kids and Alexa starts spouting like that, I'm going to make some humor on it. I'm going to say, oh, you see, technology is not 100% right there. Right, right. Not 100% right there. People could still get in and... And mess around with this so it's better to maintain the skeptical mindset the the you know run the critique on it as opposed to just hope and and assume that it's always you're always going to be getting the best stuff out of it so yeah it's a sensational story as it would be as it should be it's a hot headline right you can't hate on the hot headline that's what mm -hmm. you do that's how you make it mm -hmm. but you dive a little deeper and hopefully you get the right. Going forward, man, it's going to have to be some education on these various topics, how to navigate these types of landscapes. Yeah. You're not going to be able to just take math and English, geography. No, nah, man, there's yeah. going to have to be some social media studies, how oh, to yeah. look, how to read, how to see. Yeah. Anyway, there you have it. 2019, we're still in it for a bit longer. And uh, things are happening. We got the upcoming iPhone. Razer appears to be popular, at least they're telling us that. We got the Selfie Master camera from Huawei, possible patent. Uh, we got the GameStop going under. Maybe not. I don't know. You tell me. Do you shop at GameStop? How about your next console? Do you consider? What would they have to do to get your business back? Uh, Rivian appears to be doing well. Alexa goes bonkers. What more can I tell you? We covered it all. That's every single story from today. Will, I know you you said you wanted to close this store, this uh, day out. Uh, you spoke to me beforehand. We had a long discussion, in fact, because I didn't know if it was uh, appropriate the way you wanted to close the show today. Right. But upon further consideration, I've decided that you deserve it and you've earned okay. it. Okay. So go ahead and uh, the floor is yours. <clears throat> um, well, happy holidays, everyone. And uh, yeah, that's it.